Hi, this is Casey Treat. I'm pastor at Christian Faith, and we are excited to have you with us on our podcast. Thanks for joining in. I'm praying that you're gonna hear a word that will inspire you, empower you to connect with Jesus and become more like Him. That's what we live for. That's what's happening on today's podcast. Morning, Christian Faith. Hey, did you guys see we have our Compassion Kids out in the foyer for one more week? And uh, I mentioned last week I found this little girl named Wendy. And Wendy needs a lot of my compassion. Both the Wendy in El Salvador and the Wendy who lives in Federal Way. (laughs) But, you know, it's interesting, Kay. This little girl has been waiting for a sponsor for 334 days. But last week, I found her. So, uh, yeah. And I like this little girl you picked out, Che Che. Is that how you say it? Che Che in the Philippines. You should call her and say, how do I say your name? Che Che lives in the Philippines. So, yeah, let's help some kids. Amen. Yeah, check that out in the forum. We had a, we had um, some pastors here last week. We were supporting them. And over the years, we've really been connected and committed to uh, sponsoring with compassion and um they do an incredible job helping children in these communities around the world that are just struggling with simple, basic needs and necessities with food, housing, education. And the goal isn't to give them some food for a few years. The goal is to take them out of poverty for the rest of their life and for their children to look at a different world and have different, different opportunities because of what was given to these kids because of your connection and support, not just financially, but emotionally, spiritually. You're going to pray for them write letters to them through the app, uh, connect with them on their birthdays and Christmas, and build a relationship and uh, let them know that Jesus loves them, that someone believes in them. Also, they're very, very, very committed and connected to churches. In fact, every child that is supported, uh, all of their support comes through a local church, right. all their food, all their education. So um, it's, it's just, it's a really great ministry to be a part of, and uh, it's $43 a month. Um, that's that's two frappuccinos nowadays. I think I don't, you know the other day. I think they're getting higher, more and more expensive. expensive and uh, yeah, so you could find a way to give just over a dollar a day and uh, and bring change to a person's life and their whole family is impacted because of that. Hey, listen, we're starting a brand new series today uh, on the soul, Yay. mind, emotions, will, everything that's going on in our souls. And uh, so we wanted to kick it off to just have a little conversation back and forth and uh, get some of your ideas and perspective and uh, as we dig into this brand new series that I think is impacting all of us. I think in the world we live in, the culture we live in, the, the spirit of the world, the social media issues, the political issues, all of us are struggling to keep a healthy soul. Some of us more than others, but we're all on this journey. Um, in John 8, it says, uh, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And many of us struggle, I think, today in the battle of our soul because we are going from emotion to emotion or opinion to opinion, but none of us have enough Bible-based Jesus truths in our life, and so we keep staying in bondage. And so let's get some truth today. Let's get some freedom in all of our souls today. So uh, first off, Dad, what is the soul? What is my soul? Tell me what that is because uh, we hear it, and all of us know you have a soul, and this is a soul, but... What is it? What, tell me what it is that uh, I'm, I'm talking about right now. Yeah, so if you think of your life as a, 
inner person, the inner you, and the outer or physical you. So the inner person is your spirit and soul. Spirit connects with God. You're born of the spirit. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. So the spirit person on the inside connects with God, is born again. The soul is your more your human side. That's, that's what makes you part of this world. It's your mind, your emotions, your will. And those two, spirit and soul, make up the heart. So for instance, we hear some verses about as a man thinks in his heart. Well, at first you might think, well, I don't think in my heart. I think in my mind. I think in, in, in the soul realm. Yeah, but that's part of your heart. That's why when your mind is not right, your soul is not right, your heart is not right, and it affects you. And that's the trouble, the struggle that many of us are experiencing today. So inner man, spirit and soul, the outer physical person, that's your body. Paul says, pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. So we want all three healthy. And our spirit gets born again, saved, and then our soul is renewed day by day, and then the body, we're, we're fighting to keep it healthy and whole. So your soul, so it's the uh, will, my desires, my emotions, my reasoning, my mind. It's, it's me just without my physical body. Is the um, my soul is all of me outside of the physical, tangible body. Yeah, the, the, the challenge is this. Your spirit connects with God. So once you become a Christian, your spirit really isn't the problem. I mean, you're born of the spirit. You're filled with the spirit. Your spirit and the Holy Spirit are joined together. But your soul is still connected to the world. So if you were trained in government schools, maybe trained in sickness or poverty, trained in a negative outlook, an, an unbiblical worldview, you still have that after you get saved. And that's why Paul calls to the church to not be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of the mind. That's the renewing of your soul. You know, it's funny, uh, we, we all know soul music and soul food, and we want to get some soul in our life, but we really don't know what soul is. So, yeah, it's, it's important that you realize I can't be a healthy, successful Christian without a prosperous soul. So this scripture here, 3 John, uh, verses 2 and 3, I pray that you would prosper even as your soul prospers. Right, So when your soul is not prospering, we'll talk more about what that means, but your soul is not healthy, even though you're a Christian, you're, you're, you're depressed, you're scared, you're worried, you're struggling financially, struggling relationally. Well, you say, God, why is this happening to me? Well, your soul is the key to your success in this world. Being born again is the key to getting to heaven. But your soul is the key in this realm. Also, I forgot to mention at the beginning, but in our Christian Faith app, today we don't have message notes, but we have all of the verses that we've either been 
praying on, thinking about, working over as we kind of collect these questions and answers. So get in the app and look at those, uh, those verses. If you're struggling with health in your soul, uh, save, save all those and start quoting those verses over you and your family or your marriage. Um, save those verses because they'll speak directly to you. Okay, tell me, uh, does God speak to my soul or my spirit? Does he speak to both? What happens to my soul when I die? Um, when I became a Christian, did my soul get saved? Uh, help me understand that. Yeah. So, I mean, we're discussing it so we can understand and see clearly. In the real world, your spirit and soul are your inner person, and they work together. Technically, we would say it like this. Theologically, we would say God, the Holy Spirit, is one with your spirit. And whatever communication, direction, message that the Holy Spirit gives you comes from your whole human spirit to your soul. I mean, that's kind of a technical way to look at it. The fact is, once your soul senses something from the Lord, there's where we struggle. Because you can reject it, you can change it, you can forget it, or you can obey it. And that's where we struggle. Like somebody said, well, the Lord told me. And you're like, really? I wonder if the Lord told him because I don't think the Lord told him that. Yeah, well, they're just making stuff up, right? And in their mind, they think this is the Lord. But a lot of times, the soul is just getting a little too creative. Other times, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and we're like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. And we convince ourselves, I can't. I don't have time. I don't afford it. That'll never work. You know, you can imagine the Holy Spirit speaking to Wendy and I to start a church. But in our mind, we're 22, we're 24. We have zero money. Our parents have zero money. Everybody we know has zero. How are we going to start a church with nothing? Yeah, well, luckily, we were able to follow the Lord and eventually, you know, realize this really is the Lord. But I would... It's kind of like when I first got saved. For the first year, I wondered if I was really saved because I was so struggling in my mind, my emotions. It was hard to do the right thing, even though I wanted to do the right thing, but then I wouldn't do the right thing. You know, the Bible, even the Apostle Paul said, what I will to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, that I do. That's the soul, right? That's the struggle. And the same thing when we started church. The first year, we were hoping this was the Lord. And then we started to realize it really is the Lord. So you're going to hear us say this more than once today. It's the journey. It's not the instant momentary things. It's the follow through and staying with it. And you begin to realize I am getting stronger, healthier. My soul is being renewed day by day. And that's, that's being a mature Christian, a spiritual person, uh, strong Christian. That's the goal that we all have, right? Okay, what, what is a healthy soul? So give me, give me the target that I could shoot at. Give me what I'm going for. What's the destination? If, what, what does a healthy soul look like? Because I feel like I'm struggling, but am I struggling? Or am I just average? Is this the way life is? Or what, is, what does health look like for a soul? Well, you, you could be struggling, and yes, you could be average. Because... <laughs> Most of the people in the world struggle, and they're worried, and they're scared, and they're sick. 
and, and obesity is normal, and, you know, poverty, and so, yeah, divorce. So many things are normal, but does that mean they're normal for the Christian? So, no, they should not be normal for us. So, healthy soul, maybe the simplest way to say it is, is a life that follows the word, right? So, you started with the scripture where Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you'll know the truth. Truth will make you free. Okay, so anywhere I'm not free, I'm not free financially. Okay, something in the word I'm missing. I'm not doing it. I'm not, because if I was living the word, abiding the word, following the word, I'd be financially free. Maybe I'm not emotionally free. I'm bound up. I'm afraid of what people might say about me, think about me. I don't want to share because I'm afraid. I'm worried, right? So I'm not free. Okay, so there's something in the word I'm missing. I'm not doing. So a healthy soul abides in the word, obeys the word, enjoys the freedom of Christ. Now, none of us are there 100%, right? We're all on the journey, right, in the process. But one good way to see where you need to grow or change or renew is where am I not free? If I always have more month at the end of my money, I I need to make some changes. And it's not up to Microsoft, Boeing, or Nordstrom, or Visa, or the government. It's me. If I abide in the word, I'll know the truth, and I will be financially free, or emotionally free, or relationally free. So that's all taking place in the soul realm. I feel like in all areas of our life, spirit, soul, body, health is always a journey. Health isn't something that you can arrive at and then own. It's something that you got to persistently pursue. So it's not like in your 20s, you one day got healthy and you're still healthy. If you got off the journey, you're no longer healthy. You got to eat healthy every day. You got to exercise every day. You got to move every day. Um, And so same in our souls. There might have been a day in your life, maybe the first year or two of your marriage, you were invested and you were reading marriage books and you were praying together. There was health in your marriage. There was freedom. But if you got off that journey, then unhealth started to naturally. It's amazing. Anyone in here try to try to take care of your, your, your yard and the weeds just grow so natural? I know. How are those things so strong? They're the devil. And then grass, it's like the most fragile thing in the world. Yeah. It's like the other day, like the sun just like glanced at it and it's like, oh, we died. And I'm like, the crap? Like, why did it die so fast? <laughs> yep. So, and I think it's unfortunate true in our lives, many things that we, if we want it to be healthy, we have to pursue it. We have to go after it. We, and so in our souls, it's, a, it's not a daily, it's not taxing. It's not something you can never achieve or never reach. So I don't want people to hear, oh, it's just going to be exhausting. But it is daily engagement. Yeah. It's I want to be healthy, so it's a journey on a consistent basis. And the scripture that you teach so well and we have here at the church is Romans is, uh, Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will. God doesn't just say, do it once and I'll give it all to you. Right. He's like, if you do it and you follow me, I'm going to give you good, and then I'll give you acceptable, then I'll give you perfect. It's, it's this journey with Jesus that keeps unfolding more and more health as we pursue it. Yeah, and, and we love miracles, breakthroughs, <laughs> overnight success, right? 
I opened my Instagram account yesterday. Today, I have a million followers. Somebody, I'll receive it, amen. But it doesn't happen, does it? Once in a while, there are some amazing breakthrough experiences, but the kingdom of God is as if a man should cast seed in the ground, sleep and rise, night and day. The seed will spring and grow and then produce fruit, and he doesn't even know how it all happened. So that's normal. It's the day-to-day. Give us this day our daily bread. And I always make the joke, why don't we just, when we go shopping at Costco, just pray over all the food for the whole month. Then I don't have to pray every meal. Like, save time and energy. But God wants you daily. Weeds will grow without you doing anything. Roses Take a lot of attention, water, fertilize, keep the bugs away. Man, how come beautiful things don't grow as easy as weeds? Because we live in a world that's cursed. That's why. You live in a world under a curse. You hinted at it earlier that a healthy soul is a soul that's following after Jesus, is that truth will set us free. Some of us, we have to get better at deciding what we're building our life on as opposed to, well, culture says this is a healthy relationship, or culture says this is the finances I should want, or culture says this is how I spend my money, or culture says this is the right job. And and we have to go, listen, what does the word say? And if we don't know it, we got to go find it. And I think there's a lot of times, as I was growing up, I remember growing up with you guys, and uh, you guys knew the word so well, and there was a day in my life that I had to shift and go, I need it for me, and i got to go find it. And I have to be okay that I don't know it, but I can't stay there. I got to go find what the word says. And that has to be a higher truth than my emotions or than my friendship group or my peers. And many of us, our souls are unhealthy because we're allowing unhealthy influence or we're building on unhealthy perspectives or worldly opinions. And not enough of us know the scripture on, okay, if my marriage is unhealthy, what does the word say? And so you got to go get a verse. You got to go get a scripture and say, this is what I'm going to now, I might not feel it. I might not even agree with it. But I've decided that, that Scripture is a higher truth than all other truths to me. And if that's true, nothing else is true. And, and in all areas of your life, I think so many of us have different areas of unhealth. And so wherever you're struggling, find a Scripture, no matter how you feel about it, stand on it and say, this is what I'm going to stand on. Yeah. yeah, the prophet Hosea said, God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And, and many of us lack knowledge and don't care that we lack knowledge. It's like one thing to not know. It's another thing to continue to not know. So, yeah, you're right. There's, there's a point where you just decide, I'm going to find out. As we do um, research on people and the issues in our culture today, Christian people, to a great degree, do not make the Bible a priority. They, they, they follow politics, emotions, culture, popularity more than they follow the Bible, which answers the question, why do so many Christian people also end in tragedy, disease, divorce, depression, anxiety? If we know God, shouldn't life be better? Yes, if you know God and walk with God and follow God. But if you still think 
the people on your Twitter account are more important to please or to follow than what the Bible says or what the media says or, you know, if, if you haven't decided, the Scripture is all that matters. And if I was one of two people in a population of two million, and I'm the only one of two that believes God, that's what I believe. That's what happened to Caleb and Joshua, right? Caleb and Joshua, two, said, we're trusting God. We're obeying God. We're going into our promised land. We're going to kick the giants out, and this land is our land. Two million people whining, crying. You don't understand. We're in a pandemic. This is a bad economy. Do you know how we feel? Look at what we've gone through. Two million people died in a wilderness. So if you're still following the popular, you're never going to find what God has. How many biblical stories give the example of the minority follows God, the majority follows the world. Those who follow God prosper in their soul, prosper in their life. So it's, it's hard, but it's good. That do not be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a daily journey. And, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this thought that when we, got, when we get saved, when all of us were saved and meet Jesus, your spirit is made alive, the Bible says. The problem is your spirit has been dead until that moment. So your entire life, you've been able to live off of the inclination or the driving of your soul. And in that moment, biblically, you got to give control to your spirit. But many of us never shift over control to God because we've lived our whole life a lot with our soul having full control of the driving wheel. Emotions. Yeah, so how I feel is feelings. how it matters more. How I, what I think, what my parents thought. what my And so our souls never give control of our spirit. And that's why God's like, no, daily be transformed because you're going to look like the world until you start this process to pursue me and my word. Yeah, it's kind of like physically if all you do is work out your shoulders, but you never do any abs or any leg work, eventually you start getting out of balance and you start creating pains and problems. So you have to get strong in each area so that you stay healthy overall. Okay, so um, what are some signs of a healthy soul and an unhealthy soul? So now that I'm trying to figure this, this target out, show me, um, show me some things to shoot for to be healthy, and then show me some signs to avoid or to, to signify, oh, well, i got to fix this. i got to work on this in my life because that is the symptom. That's the fruit of an unhealthy soul. Yeah, so a funny thing. I pulled this book out. I wrote it in the 80s, right? So Caleb wasn't born yet. Uh, Wendy and I were brand new in church, and I wrote a chapter called The Prosperous Soul. And uh, I would write it different today, but... The scriptures are the same. And so the key is whatever promise that I can see in the Bible that is not working in my life, there's a problem with my soul. Somewhere I've disconnected. Okay? So you bought the new iPhone. You're trying to connect and download all your existing data, apps, and everything. If it doesn't work, there's a problem. It's probably not the phone's fault. 
It's probably something you're doing that you didn't save or you didn't cloud or you didn't whatever. So you figure out what has to change to make this download happen. Okay, so I'm looking in the scripture, and it said, the peace of God will guard your heart through Christ Jesus. So if I'm not at peace, I'm worried, I'm troubled, I'm worried about money, I'm worried about, I'm worried about global warming, I'm worried about viruses, I'm worried about my kids going out, I'm worried. Why? Why? That's not good. That's not God. That's not Bible. Because the peace of God will guard my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So I'm going to make a shift. I'm going to maybe take that scripture and I'm going to say it out loud. Every morning, throughout the morning, four times, 10 times, 20 times, I'm just going to say it out loud. The peace of God guards my heart and mind. Now, if I will practice that over a few days, I'll stop worrying. It's possible. It won't be overnight. Depends on how old you are, how long you've been worrying. If you've been worrying for 50 years, you're not going to change in five minutes. So, but you take the scripture and you renew your mind and you strengthen your soul. I'm not afraid. Fear not, for thou art with me. You can find a hundred scriptures for fear and worry and anxiety. Let's say your marriage is struggling, right? You're just bickering. You're fighting over things. You're not, you're not enjoying each other. Nothing's, nothing's going well. So you, you go to the Bible, and it says, husbands, love your wives. Christ loves the church. Wives, respect your husbands. And then you see this Saturday we're having a marriage seminar. Imagine that. And we're going to talk about how you can make your marriage healthy and happy. So you say, I'm there. I'm going to learn I'm going to change something in my life. Now, here's the trick of the devil. It's not your fault. This is truly the trick of the devil. It's not your fault. It's your spouse. It's the culture. It's the world. It's the climate. It's the government. As soon as it's not your fault, there's nothing you can do about it. Now you're stuck. You're sick. You're worried, you're going to end up in a divorce, and you can't help it. That's why it's the number one trick of the devil to tell you it's not your fault. Now, maybe it isn't your fault, but you can overcome. You can rise above. And so don't let the idea that I'm going to deal with this be a burden, make it freedom. If someone said to me, you're going to be sick, poor and lonely, and there's nothing you can do about it. That's a burden. But if someone said to me, you are sick, you are poor, and you are lonely, but you can change. That's freedom. Okay, let's go. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to rise above. So many of us take responsibility as a burden. And let's talk about this word maybe in a moment a trigger, and we don't realize it's not. It's a freedom. So, yeah, that's a healthy soul is you own it and you overcome the negatives. And the key is if there's a promise in Scripture that I'm not experiencing, if I'm not healthy, Jesus bore my sickness, carried my disease with his stripes. I was healed. 
So I'm going to get the word. James chapter 1 said, it's the engrafted word that saves your soul. And once you get it in your soul, it's going to come out in your body. It's going to come out in your finance. It's amazing how it works. Out of the abundance of the heart, you begin to bring forth good things. And miraculous things can happen once you get that prosperous soul. I wrote a few words down on just identifying a healthy soul versus an unhealthy soul. A healthy soul, there's a strength, uh, there's a depth. I think, I think someone that has a healthy soul, it's, they're a deep well. There's, there, it's not shallow waters. It's not fast currents. There's a depth to that person. And so finding a way to be a deeper person in your relationships, uh, deeper in your vision, deeper in your goals. They're not shallow goals. They're not, it's, uh, there's a depth to you. And I think an unhealthy person, unhealthy soul, it's shallow and it's, uh, it's breakable. Fragile. Uh, you, you said the word trigger. You, you get, you just, you get, you get put off real quick. Maybe someone cuts you off, and you're just already, already upset. Like, wow, like that. That one thing can get you upset. That one thing can get you worked up. The, Messed up your whole day. Your spouse says one thing when you walk in the house, and you're already irritated. And I don't even want to talk anymore. Like, what? so you're in. Like, you're. It's there's such a shallowness to being able to get you off, to get to steal your joy, to steal your peace, to steal that. Jesus wants peace and joy so deep in you that no one can take it. No one can affect it. No one can get. So I think a healthy soul is a deep soul. And I think an unhealthy soul is that fragile. Or maybe another way of saying it is um, you're moldable. You're bendable. Not in a way that, you, that the world can tell you what to do. But they just don't get you off guard. They don't get you off center. You could roll with it. You could have a bad day and it doesn't ruin your week. You could have something go wrong and you don't just freak out over it. And I think many of us, the more agile we are or bendable or balanced, so it's like, listen, something can, can come at me, but it doesn't, I don't, I don't lose my cool over it. But the unhealthy soul, one little thing happens and you're upset, you're depressed, you're sad, you're in the dumps, you're crying about it, you're gossiping about it, you're tweeting about it. There's just, there's a shallowness to hitting, um, hitting some triggers. Yeah, triggers. That's a funny word. And how, how do we get, how'd that word become popular? Is it like, it's a newer word for culture conversation, right? Triggers? It seems newer to me. Hey, here's a way you can know your soul is not right. If your wife has to say to the kids, dad's coming home, be quiet. Yeah. Right. Or if the husband has to say to the kids, mom's coming home, don't mention these things to her. Yeah. But let's talk about that trigger thing. Trigger, a trigger, right, if you have a trigger on the gun, that's what releases the shot. It's like, boom, it went off. And, and so the idea is that someone else can pull the trigger and you go off. So someone else says something and it puts you into a depression. Or they say it and you get, you get scared. Or you're sitting in the movie and they watch... They, they watch a scene, and it triggers all their anxieties. Okay, so, so as a Christian, God did not give you any triggers. So if you have triggers, you got that from the world. So renew your mind. Prosper in your soul. You can't trigger me because you don't control me. You're, you're not in charge. I'm following God. Right, so someone asked me recently, 
Pastor Casey, what would trigger you to go back to your old lifestyle? I think this person had been struggling. They, they would get sober for a while, then they go back, and then they get sober, and then, right? We used to call it falling off the wagon. I don't know if they still use that phrase. So, so he was asking me, what would trigger you to go back? I said, okay, two things. Number one, you don't know me. I'm not going back. I have so much forward that I can't go back. But number two, I don't have triggers because the world around isn't deciding my vision, my future, my faith, my goals, right? Me and God are working that out. I'm walking forward with God. So the idea of being triggered is from the world, not from the Lord. And so a prosperous soul is only, if you want to use that word, triggered by the word. I'm triggered to overcome. I'm triggered to rise above. I'm triggered to trust in God. Okay? The media announces there's another pandemic coming. Yeah. You, I didn't believe it the first time. Sure not going to believe it this time. Right? Oh, the economy is the economy's going down. Yeah, good thing I don't follow you. I'm trusting God to meet all my need according to his riches and glory. Right? So, so I'm triggered by the word, if you want to use it that way, to move forward with God. I cannot, I will not be triggered by the world to go into negative emotions or negative uh, behaviors. So th- these are the things that describe being prosperous in your soul. Strong, deep, as you, I like that word, deep in your soul. Uh, You're strong. You can handle this stuff. You rise above this stuff. Makes me think of when you, when we use these word triggers. um, One, there's a difference to be to between response and trigger. Yeah. And one of the things that we're gonna have to do, and you'll have to do in your own, the just kind of seeking out your soul is, am I responding appropriately to to an issue? Or am I being triggered because of a past issue? Triggers are highlighting past issues that aren't healed. So a trigger is something has happened in my past, whether it's happened to me or I did it, and now I'm responding out of that pain. There's not a health in that past yet, so now something is coming out of me as opposed to I'm responding appropriate. And... Uh, maybe a shallow analogy would be if a bear came out of the woods and you're camping, you freak out and run to get your kids. You're responding because bears are dangerous. But if your kids are just out on the trampoline jumping and you run out and freak out and get off the trampoline, maybe you fell off the trampoline as a kid and you're (laughs) triggered because you still are scared of trampolines. See, one is a response because there is an issue that I have to respond to. The other one is I'm over-responding because of something that I haven't dealt with. And I think many of us have triggers, have issues, and the next time it comes up, the thing not to do is ignore it. Jesus never healed something that was ignored. They come to Jesus, and Jesus goes, what can I do for you? Well, I want my sight. They didn't, he didn't, he goes, I'll just, whatever you need, get on with it. No, no, what do you want? Well, I need this. I have an issue with my sight, Jesus. I have an issue with walking. Identify the struggle to Jesus and then walk out the healing in that area. 
And the best thing you can do, church, if someone hurt you that created a trigger, best thing you could do is show them how little they matter because of how healthy you've got. Right. Right. Stop. Don't holding, them. holding unforgiveness because, well, that, what they did is wrong. I, I get it. We all feel that way, but it, it, that's incorrect. And it's just going to keep us in bondage, and they're not worth it. The best thing you could do is show off how healthy you got in spite of their abuse, in spite of the way they spoke to you, in spite of how they left you, in spite of how they stabbed, whatever they did to you, don't allow that to define your future. So the next time you respond in in an unhealthy way, uh, go, hold up, I got to identify this. Where did this come from? I think, now you don't just over, overdo it, but be aware and then get a verse, get a, a scripture get a worship song and apply it to that area of your life and go, I'm going to heal. I'm going to overcome. I'm no longer going to be triggered. I'm no longer going to be held captive or hostage to alcohol or drugs or this relationship or this abuse. Or You got to bring healing. And God wants to bring healing to those areas that are unhealthy. But be aware of, am I, am I responding from an unhealthy place? What is that place? Where is that place? And how do I bring healing to it? Yeah. And once you get started, then make sure you're feeding your soul the right food, right? So soul food in our context is not ribs and sweet potato pie. However, now that I mention it, I need some ribs and me some sweet potato pie. But soul food is the food that keeps my soul healthy and strong. So I'm not going to go on Facebook and look up all my ex-wives and ex-girlfriends just to see what they're doing because, you know, I'm just wondering. No, that's soul food that will destroy your soul, and then you wonder why you're unhappy in your current relationships. I'm going to go soul food to the Scripture food that feeds my marriage and feeds my my mental health, my emotional health, those things that, you know, take God's word, look up any subject where you may be struggling. We give you four, five, six scriptures and speak those, that soul food that will strengthen your soul and help you to live a prosperous life with a prosperous soul. Yeah, it, it has to be something you do daily. Give me this day my daily bread. If you're not doing it daily, more weeds are growing than you may realize. Tell us some habits, some daily habits that we could do to to do two things, to one, work on healing my soul, and then two, to work on making it strong. So some internal works, like how, how can I heal past and how can I build my future? How can I heal the broken parts of my soul and how can I strengthen my soul forward? You know, it kind of depends where we are in our walk with God. If we're brand new and we're dealing with lots of hurts and maybe trying to recover from a divorce and get out of debt and, you know, we've got several issues going on. Okay, you get your scriptures listed for marriage and family. Get your scriptures for finance. Get your scriptures for health and healing. Get your scriptures for peace and joy. And then every day you're saying, Father, I believe I'm healing and you're just going over those verses, and you're thinking. I always say, meditate on where you want to be, not where you are and not where you've been. Where do you want to be? What does health look like? Can you see it? 
Because you can only go toward what you can see. So I'm meditating on my scriptures. I'm seeing that healthy and happy person. Seeing myself physically healthy, emotionally healthy. Visualize by faith, right? I'm seeing it by faith. And you had an interesting comment about the number of days that we have to practice something before it becomes a part of us. There was a study I was reading, and one of the, it's, uh, if you read your Bible four times a week, it has the most impact on um, overcoming depression, uh, pornography addiction, drug addiction. Like there's all these benefits that, that come to your soul, not once a week, twice, or even three times. The, the real breakthrough is if someone opened their Bible four times a week, and it wasn't an amount. So read a verse, um, read a chapter, read, it, read some, but four times a week if you're in your word, they had significant breakthrough in the addiction and habits of someone's life. Yeah, I agree with that, and that's how I did it, was in those early years, and still today, but not as intense. In the early years, I was so disciplined, so focused on scriptures, saying them out loud, seeing that life that I felt God had called me to, then Wendy and I doing that together uh, when we were married but some of you will say things like this. Well, I just, it sounds like it's so hard. It sounds like it's so much. I don't even know. Where do I start? You know, we tell you so many places to start. Get God's word for every circumstance. Get a copy of our book, book. Renewing the Mind. If, if you have to, steal one. Actually, if you go to the thrift store, you'll probably find one for a dime because a poor person wouldn't read it. Um, I'm joking, kind of, but you've got you've to take some steps, right? You can't say, I can't help it. It's too much. You have to say, here's where I start. Here's going here's gonna to get me going. This is the beginning of the new day. And if you're 70 or 17, it doesn't matter. I'm starting, and I'm moving toward God's will. Not conformed transformed by the renewing of my mind so I can have the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God, right? It's possible. It's possible. Anybody can do it. I'm not the smartest guy in this room, and I have made some changes. So we all can make some changes and get healthy in our soul. The other thing I mentioned it earlier, it's the biggest lie that every, that so many believe. What can I do? The economy, the company, the money, the taxes, the boss. What can I do? I'm telling you, miraculous. You begin to prosper in your soul, money comes to you. Money I don't know how God does it, but you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. How's our time? We're running out of time, but I'm going to tell you one last story. I've not shared this story recently. Within the last few years, I was dealing with neck pains, back pains. I was going to back surgeons. Do something. Give me something. Right, just struggling to walk and to stretch, and everything was painful and hard. And I was 
thinking, I'm trying to get better. Now that I look back, I was so worried about several different things. Sound transit, taking over our church properties, finances, pandemics, family issues, all these things. And it was just showing up in my health and with pain and with troubles. And recently I was riding my bike, when you now go out and do 30 miles on our bike. Okay, it's an electric bike. I still have to pedal, so get off my back. <laughs> right? I was working out, and I'm thinking, man, I haven't had that back. And I, I got treatments. I did different things in the natural, but the biggest thing was my soul got better. Yeah. I found joy. I found peace. I did things that I had done years before that maybe, I don't know, but maybe I just let it slip. And you think, oh, yeah, I'm good. But you stopped doing those daily exercises. And, you know, I just don't have those pains. And I think some of us, we get to be 60, 65, 70. Well, what can I do? I can't help it. It's just, you know, it's just the way life is. Nope. You will prosper and live in health even as your soul prospers. So that's what we're going for. It's daily. It's that it's a journey. You don't get to own health. You pursue it every day. You don't just get there one day and you're set. Um, last thing, and we'll close, is as I was adding to this, uh, how do I stay healthy or get healthy? Some of us need to identify what's, what's hurt, what's broken, what's wounded, um, and then acknowledge that in a healthy way. Uh, there are wounds that my kids can get, and I could, I, I'm capable enough to fix. Put a little neosporin on it, you clean it, you put a bandage on it. Give it, give it a week, and that thing's going to be healthy. There's other wounds you need a better bandage, a butterfly. There's other ones you got to go to the hospital for. And then there's some, there's some issues that it's going to take surgery. So there's, there's levels of healing that come to our body, and the same is true with your soul. There's going to be something, if you went through abuse in a relationship for years and years, that's going to take some, some months and years of consistently battling to be the person God made you to be. You're going to quote verses every day. You're going to work to forgive that person every day. You're going to work to be the, the strong person God created you to be. There's other things, you're going to quote a verse over your life two or three days and feel like, wow, I think I got this. So my point is, acknowledge the journey ahead, and don't give up a weekend because you're just not there yet. There are, don't, don't, don't cut the cast off your arm because your arm's not better soon enough, so I'll just, I'll just live with it broke. No, leave the cast on for as long as it takes until three or four months later, your arm is healed. Um, and many of us in our souls, we've gone through trauma, we've gone through real hardship in relationships or been let down, or we've done some stuff to ourselves and we've been forgiven ourselves and there's going to be a journey of health ahead of you. Don't give up three days from today because it just didn't work for you. Um, keep, keep at the journey, and God is going to bring healing and health and freedom. Remember, when you, when you apply more of God's word to your life, you receive more of his freedoms in your life. And so let's bring freedom to all the areas of our life that the devil is trying to hold bondage. Um, our souls, our depression, our anxieties, our emotions— we should have freedom in all those areas of our life because that's what God wants for every single one of us. Thank you so much for joining with us today. I'm praying that you heard something that will impact your life. If you'd like more information, connect with us at the Christian Faith Church app 
or go to the website at christianfaith.us.